Make sure about this system. I'm going to be sniffling the whole time. Man, thank you so much. Got to practice the first service, so I feel a little bit better now. <laughs> what a blessing. We just got finished uh, doing our two, uh, I don't know how many days it was, on mercy and uh, grace and mercy. And just Pastor Stephanie and Chris just brought the word the last two weeks just on the gifts. Just such a blessing. But today we're going to start a new uh, series called, I, I tried to say, is it disciplined? Is it disciple? Uh, it's disciplined. But we have to be disciplined to be discipled. We have to, you know, decide, okay, I'm going to step into this and I'm going to give it my all. And so we have to be disciplined as we're discipled. I want to bring to your attention two resources uh, that uh, I've come across. And one of them is this book, 10 Steps Towards Christ. And uh, it's called 10 Steps Towards Christ, Journey to the Heart of God. What an incredible book, and I'm speaking out of one of the chapters on here today, and just, uh, I'm using this in my tribe because it's all about discipleship. It just talks about everything that we need to know, and if someone asks us, you can kind of tell them, give it back to them, and say, well, this is why I believe this. This is why we do this, and so it's just opened our eyes to a bunch of new areas. Pray First is an app on your phone. If you don't have it, please get it. Uh, it's one of those one of those resources that we all have those days where we're trying to pray. We're trying to really get into God. We're trying to do what he says. But it's just we have those days where, God, I'm not feeling it. But you can get on this app, and they will actually guide you through prayers, through the, through the Lord's Prayer, through the prayer of the tabernacle, through Jabez Prayer. And so you can just hear someone just, Pray for you, basically. They're just praying the prayer, and you can just add to it. They give you time to just voice your own prayer. Or you can just listen to the unguided, and it'll just go through the prayers page by page. So just two really good resources I want to bring to your attention. What a blessing. Let's pray together. Father God, I just thank you for this time. Father, thank you for the opportunity to just uh, bring your word and to just speak to your people. Father, I'm honored. And I give all the glory to you. I pray for your anointing upon your people, upon myself. Lord, that we would have eyes to see, ears to hear, what you're saying to us. And that's it. In Jesus' name. Amen. So today, uh, as I said, I'm going to speak on how to have a dynamic prayer life. Dynamic prayer life. When I, when I first became a Christian, I was in the Baptist church, and I was saved, I think, around 13. And so, besides Sunday school, I really didn't have anybody that was discipling me that just came up behind me and say, hey, this is how you read the Bible, this is how you pray, and just kind of, you know, mentor me and disciple me. It was just like, here's Sunday school, there you go, see you later, see you next Sunday. And there was no... I guess accountability, you know, someone that just said, are you doing this? How is it going? You know, none of that, uh, just keeping me accountable. And I don't remember having any dynamic prayers back then in the Baptist church. 
I remember we had one guy, he said at the end of every prayer, lead God and direct us in Jesus' name. And I, I like that, but of it is just like, every, you know, when he prayed, you know you were going to get the lead God and direct us. <laughs> so it's just awesome. But I also don't remember hearing of prayers that were answered. You know, and that's the thing that I love about this body is when we pray, it's not that we're anything special, but when we pray, we expect God to answer. And he does. He does answer us. He, we, we just hear those praise reports come back to us and say, God did this, God do that. I mean, there's an answered prayer sitting right over in this area. So just bless the Lord. I know some of y'all think the same way I do when, when you start to pray as a young Christian say, God, if you know everything and you know my heart, why do I even need to pray? I was like, what's the point? But it's, it's, uh, we just have to know him, know his heart. Like my prayers back then were lasted about two minutes before I fell asleep. And they were always selfish prayers, you know, as a 13 year old, God, give me a girlfriend. God, give, <laughs> give me a new, give me a new bike. You know, all those kind of things, you know. It's like really didn't. But one of the first reasons we need to pray is we need to invite God into our lives. That's the main thing, isn't it? We want him to be a part of our lives. And God only comes by invitation. We have to invite him. We say, God, come, come be with me. Come and, come and be a part of my part. It's like even when we start a relationship with someone in the church or, or a new friend or whatever, we have to say, hey, I want a relationship. Let's go to coffee. Let's get to know each other. And so it's part of a, a mutual thing back and forth. And the same thing is with God. He first wants us to invite him. You know, he's, he's more than excited to be part of that, to be mutual, that have that mutuality. He's wanting to do that, but it takes that first you remember in Revelation 3.20, very famous verse, it says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. We're inviting him to have a relationship. Literally, the doorknob is on our side. He doesn't open the door, we do. So we literally have to say, God, I want that relationship with you. You know, God could come in, kick the door, say, here I am. We're going to have a relationship. But that isn't what God is. That is totally against his, his feelings towards us. He loves us. He cares for us. He's a loving father and a loving savior. Jesus wants a relationship with so much that he even died on a cross for us. Let's say that you invite him in. You invite him into your life, and things are rocking along fine. You're doing great. And Jesus is in your life. You're going to heaven. But up until that invitation time and until the eternity time, if you're not spending time with him in prayer, it's going to be a tad bit rocky, just to say at least. So it's up to us to reach out and say, God, I need you. I've got to have you. I 
I need you in my life. Y'all remember this song? It just reminds me when I, when I was preparing this message, I mean, immediately, I was just thinking of that song. I need you, oh, I need thee, every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. That's really our heart. So we should be all about God. Did you know that the Bible talks about uh, that he compares us to an animal? Y'all have any idea what that animal might be? Yes. It's a sheep. Do you know sheep are really dumb? Sheep are defenseless, and sheep don't know where they're going. You know that why God compared them to us? Well, they're sweet, they're cuddly, and they're pretty. But they need a shepherd. They need a shepherd. We are designed, God made us, designed us to need him. Can you imagine God sitting up there? He's just like, it's ridiculous to watch us struggle without him. And all it takes is literally just, as Stephanie said, go vertical. Just say, God, I need you. I'm sure as, as I spoke about earlier, as young Christian, as matures, Christians as well, it's like, what do we need to come to him day by day just to show him our needs? He knows our needs. He knows what we're going through. It's just, I don't understand it, Lord. It's like Liz and I, we try to develop our relationship. Uh, you know, we say we love each other. and We talk and we converse and we do all that kind of stuff and and we acknowledge each other. Well, sometimes she says, I acknowledge her. Sometimes there's a football game on and my brain just, his ears are off and I'm watching the game. But for illustration's sake, let's say that. But let's say you have all these wonderful things happening in your life. And you're not really praying at this time, but things are happening wonderful. And you're like, wow. I'm a really lucky guy. Boy, Buddha must really like me. My karma must be good. But see, if you're not praying, you don't know where the goodness is coming from. It's not from Buddha. It's not about karma. It's about a relationship with Jesus. If we don't reach out to him, we have no idea where the prayers are coming from or where the answered prayers are coming from. It's as we come before the throne of grace. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us come boldly to the throne of grace. There we'll receive his mercy. We will find grace to help us when we need it most. When our prayers are answered, you will know that where they come from, you can give him all the glory for it. If we do invite him to be a part of our everyday life, he will still be there. He still loves us. He's all around us. But we just have to say, Lord, I need you. I need you in every aspect of my life. 
The second thing we do is he wants to build a relationship. You can't have a relationship with someone unless you're talking. It's like when we started our relationship with friends or our spouses or boyfriend, girlfriend. It's like it, it's a lot of communication. We're talking back and forth. I can remember those times where you'd call up somebody on the phone and, you know, back in my day we had the real long cord, so you had to stretch it from the kitchen to the bathroom or whatever. And so we're in there talking on the phone, and we'll be on there for hours, you know, at least a couple hours. Sometimes it's complete silence. But it's just a part that you're trying to develop that relationship with them and begin to start to talk. And that's the same thing with God. He wants to carry on that conversation with us. He wants us to talk to him. I noticed when Allie would bring boys over back in the day, and even my son Jonathan, they'd bring friends over, and I would try to have a conversation with them. And somebody, you know, I, was, I don't know why, I was just sitting there talking to them, cleaning my gun, and... Uh, <laughs> But I would just, you know, ask him a question. I'd get all these yes and no, yes, no, yes. I say, can you not carry on a conversation? Can you not even talk? And it's like, oh my goodness. Can you imagine how God feels sometimes? Can you imagine he's sitting there and said, can you not even carry on a conversation with me? All I get is yes and no answers. Do you not want to know my heart for you? Do you not want to know my plans that I have for you? He all wants to do. That's all through that relationship of speaking to him. Prayer is a dialogue. It's not a monologue. We're, we want to continue to, to speak to him and talk to him. I know a lot of you, when you come to, come to church, sometimes you have to travel a distance. You know, sometimes 30, 40 miles. So you're saying, in a tangible way, I want a relationship with you, Jesus. I want a relationship with you, God. And that's just part of it. The other part is that daily walk with him. In John 10, it says, But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. And the sheep recognizes his voice and comes to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. How will we know his voice unless we spend time with him? You can't. When I first came to know the Lord, I had no, didn't have a great concept of him. I didn't know him as a father. I certainly didn't know him as a friend. But Jesus died on the cross. He, he put his life on the line to show us that he wanted a relationship with us so that we could speak in his presence. Sometimes we have a tough time believing that God wants anything to do with us because we've done, that isn't my phone, is it? <laughs> we do a lot of bad things in our lives. And so when we come to him and we have that feeling, God, how can you ever love me? I've done these things. I know I'm tarnished. I know I'm not a perfect vessel. How, how can you love me in this condition? You know, uh, 
we are his kids. And some of our kids sometimes are just disgusting. They come to you with these <laughs> sticky hands, and they come up to you and go, wham! Right, oh, sorry. You go, wham, right on the, right on the face. And, and then they climb up in your lap, and they just have all these horrible manners. But you know what? You love them. You know why? Because they're yours. Your children do not have to deserve to be your children. And they don't have to deserve your love. You know, Jesus said in Luke 11, he said, If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Do you know that the best dad in the earth is still evil in God's eyes? He wants you a relationship just as you are right now. He said it's a throne of grace. He said it's a throne of grace, not a throne of merit. It's not a throne of law. A lot of heard this, and I'm sure you have, well, I just need to clean myself up before I come to church, right? I just need to clean myself up, you know, do, start doing things right before I, before I start going to church or doing all this. We can't even do that without God's love and without that relationship, without, without his prayer. We can't clean ourselves up. There's no way. One of the other things that I want to speak about was number three, was to exercise our spiritual authority. We have spiritual authority. God gave Adam and Eve dominion over the entire earth. In Psalm 115 and 16, it says, Heaven belongs to the Lord, but he has given the earth to all humanity. The heavens are, are the heavens of God, but this is our domain. We have authority over the earth domain. Luke 10, 17 says, The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents, scorpions, and over all the powers, not some of it, all of it of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Do you know you have all authority over all the enemy? Did you know you're not subject to Satan? He's subject to you. It says, I've given you all power over the enemy, and nothing will injure you if you use his authority. Look at Matthew 18, 18 through 19. It says, truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And again, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. That's powerful, isn't it? The word bind means 
to disallow. And the word loose means to allow. So when we bind or we allow on earth, God says, that's the same that's going to be in heaven. I'm going to disallow it or I'm going to allow it in heaven. I know when, sure, some of y'all too, when first come into spirit-led life, Pentecostal, full gospel, whatever you want to call it, like all that binding and loosing thing was just kind of weird to me. Didn't understand it. Didn't uh, know what God was trying to tell me. It, just strange. But I also said, God, I don't understand it right now, but I want everything you have for me. I will open myself up to you. I will receive it on however you want. And so he brought this scripture, this Matthew scripture to me. And it's like, well, God, it's in the scripture. It's right there. So, Lord, I, I receive it and I take hold of it. It's like I didn't, I still didn't wholly, wholly grasp all of it. And it's like, you know, we want to say, man, I went to Starbucks today. Man, Satan was just all over me. I was in line and there was 10 people in front of me. I know it was because of Satan. And then when I was coming to church, I ran out of gas. You know, sometimes it isn't Satan. Sometimes it's just us. You know? You know what I'm saying? So sometimes we just have to do it on our own. God said he's not going to do things for us that he's already given us authority to take care of. But he also says there is Satan. There is times where Satan comes in. He does want to destroy our kids. He does want to destroy our marriages. He does want to just bind us all up in our business and try to, try to crush us. And we can say, not today, Satan. Not today. That we bind you in the name of Jesus. We bind you. You will not have authority over my kids. You will not have authority over my marriage. And you're not going to distract me from what God has for me. <laughs> like, we just pray, Holy Spirit, would you loose over our family? Be loosed over our family to give us every blessing of God. We have the authority over the enemy, and we have the power to bind the enemy. And that's why we need to pray. You know, we need to pray every day. Not, not those religious, you know, prayers. Not out of duty. God, I know I'm supposed to do this, so I'm going to go do it. No. Because he wants that relationship was what I've already said. He doesn't want a bunch of baby Christians. He wants us to be warriors. He wants us to grow up. He doesn't want us to be, as one pastor said, one-year-old Christians 20 times. You know, we need to grow up. We need to learn to grow up in the Lord. So, how do we pray? I'm a morning person. I don't know about y'all, but I guess because of my job or age, I don't know. But just getting up early in the morning doesn't bother me. Uh, when I first retired, I told Liz, "I'm not get, I'm not going to set an alarm. I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to wake up to that anymore." And so I just woke up when I woke up. Well, you know, you end up starting to stay up later, and then you get up later, and then it just seems like the day just goes by so fast. So I said, "This isn't working for me." So I just started getting up a little earlier, and it's about the time when I. Uh, started leadership school and uh, I just started 
you know, pressing in. And the Lord just began to speak to me about my calling on my life and, and where he wanted me to be. And did you know if you're just coming to church and you just pray for your food and you're not getting into the word and you're not really praying, did you know Satan really doesn't bother you very much? But when you start getting up before the sun comes up and you start praying and you start reading and you start crashing to the gates of hell, he starts paying attention really quick. And it's really so funny that as soon as the light comes up, every person, I'm exaggerating, every person on my favorites list will send me a meme or a text or a phone call. It's like so uncanny that as soon as light comes up, it's like all the distractions come. And they just distract, distract. Oh, my computer came on. Oh, you know, somebody's texting me. And it's just all those distractions. But when it's dark, when you get up early, you know that you're, you're saying, God, you're trying to meet him. You say, God, I'm going to get up that 30 minutes early. I'm going to get up that hour more because I want to spend time with you. I want to know you. Last October, I, I, as I said, I started journaling, and I was looking for anything I could find to hear what God's voice sounded like. I was listening to YouTube videos. I was reading books, and I said, God, I just want to know your voice, and I want to know it's you. You know, I, I, I don't want it to be fake. I want it to be you. And so I was reading this book about, uh, from Pastor Morris, and he said the easiest way to start hearing God is to Number one, just worship. Get up, listen to a song or two, and it just kind of invites the Holy Spirit, kind of clears your mind. Y'all remember the, uh, the movie uh, For Love of the Game? Anybody see that with Kevin Costner? So in Kevin Costner in this movie, he's re going through his whole life, and he's a pitcher in the major leagues, and, of course, the crowd just, you know, like this. But when he gets on the pitcher's mound, he just says, clear the mechanism because he's fixing a pitch. It's just like all the sound goes away. And so he's just, he's ready to do. And that's what we do with the Lord. When we get up early, we're just saying, <laughs> got to get myself so I don't cry. <laughs> so he said, the Lord says, I just want to clear that mechanism. You know, Lord, I, w I don't want to be distracted. Want to press in. So y'all remember uh, Elijah in First Kings nineteen? It says, you know, he was he was depressed, and people were coming after him, trying to kill him. And he said, "Go out and stand before me on the mountain." The Lord told him. As Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were turned loose. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, <clears throat> there was the sound of a gentle whisper. And that's how God speaks to us. It literally is. I was, I was trying to explain this to my tribe. It's, it's almost like your conscience, but it's different because he doesn't talk like we talk. He talks differently. And so I started journaling, and 
You know, when I first started off, it was like half sentence. (laughs) And he would say a half sentence. But just as time went on, I just began to just journal and just spend more time with me. And so I just began to write my prayers in red, I mean in black, and then I would write what the Lord said to me in red, just like it is in the Bible. And so he would just, sometimes it was just, God, I don't know what to say to you. And then he would say, I got a lot to say. And then he would just read. So sometimes that's a lot, sometimes it's not. It just depends on the day. But a lot of times it's just me reaching out to him, just saying, God, I love you. I just want to know you. So I wanted to show this form. This is from Quest, and you can take a picture of it because it won't be up up there for very long. I'm not going to talk about it a whole lot. But this is hearing God's voice, and this is just showing you God, Satan, and ourselves. And one of the main things I wanted to show you was God wants all the glory. But when Satan speaks, guess what? He wants all the glory. And guess when we speak? We want all the glory. Well, he's the only one that deserves it. But the nice thing about God is that he's so loving and kind when he speaks to us. The other things are not, as you can see. You see, when God speaks to us, he loves us. He encourages us. And he wants nothing but the best for us. I've done this for a year now, and I've got this beautiful love story, you know, that I can go back and look at words that God spoke to me, just to me. I've been uh, reading the Bible app. That's how I've been uh, reading the Bible, uh, just mostly for convenience because it's just there and and I can get up before, you know, before I even get out of bed, I can grab my phone and I can start reading the word. So it's just been nice to be able to just kind of wake up, say God speak to me, you know, and just get with it. And also I was talking about the pray first. It's like it, it's really nice because it not only has those prayers, but it also has music and it has instrumentals. I don't know about y'all, but if I hear words, I want to sing them. You know? <laughs> and so it's just nice to have the instrumental music, not any particular song. It's just playing this instrumental music, but it kind of blocks out everything else that's, that's going on around you. I want to go to Matthew 6, 5 through 13. I missed something here. Anyway, this is just talking about the, the Lord's Prayer. It says, when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets. And they may be seen by men. Surely I say to you, They have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father will seize you in your secret, will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. 
Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you need of before you ask him. And in the manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. This is how Jesus told us to pray. Before, but before he told us to pray, he, he told us how not to pray. He said, you know, go in secret. You know, I know some of us have prayer closets. A lot of us don't. But it's like you have an empty bedroom. You have a, a back porch. Pastor Stephanie, that's her favorite. Just go in the back porch and just worship the Lord uh, in our cars, whatever it may be. And said, don't do vain repetition. I know I've heard, heard a lot of people say it, and, and I, I've done the same wrong thing. Sometimes you just sit there and say, Jesus, 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 over and over and over. And it's like it is a vain repetition, but sometimes I'm just overwhelmed, and I don't know what else to say. But literally when we say Jesus the first time, he's listening. He hears us. He knows who we are. And he loves us. So I want to go through these seven elements of a daily dynamic prayer life. The first one is just coming with thanksgiving. It's like the, the Lord's Prayer is an outline for us to pray. So the first thing is coming with thanksgiving and praise. We're, we are literally just having the Lord come with us. It says that he inhabits the praises of his people. So he's there. When we're worshiping, he comes with us and loves us. Number two is surrendering to God's authority and inviting his guidance in our lives. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in heaven. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. But did you hear the first part? Submit yourself to God. So we have to come under his authority. We have to come under him to use that authority. God, I want to come under your authority in every area of my life, my family, my marriage, my profession, my ministry, everything. God loves you more than you love yourself. Start to believe in it. He wants to bless you more than you would bless yourself. Then the third is seeking God's provision. That's the part where he says, give us our daily bread. Is it about money? Of course it is. Part of it. Part of it is money. I can think of a time when I was struggling for money, struggling for a job. Uh, you know, 40 years ago, say, God, I want to be in the ministry, but I need a job right now. And, you know, if I could find something that I could do both, that would be awesome. So I became a fireman, and it, it gave me that opportunity to have those days off to do ministry from time to time. And even today, still providing me with a pension and insurance. So God blessed me doubly. You know, as a 25-year-old, I certainly didn't see that 30, 40 years down the road. But we've got to learn to just 
rely on him in our finances. Philippians, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. We've got to learn to trust him in our finances. Just got to believe in it. One thing that happens when we try to do things on our own, we end up being anxious, sometimes sick, and sometimes in debt because we're trying to just make it happen on our own instead of just saying, God, I believe in you. I, I believe you're going to make it happen. I love when uh, Pastor Nathan, sometimes when we go through situations, we come to him and say, Pastor Nathan, I, I just need some pastoring. I'm, I'm really going through this thing and I need help. He said, yeah. And I went, really? You're just going to smile? He said, yeah, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you? I went, come on, I need. He said, no. He said, he's working some stuff out in you. He's working some, giving you some freedom. He doesn't want us to be hoarders of hurt feelings. Sorry, I jumped ahead. Number four is seeking God's forgiveness as we extend forgiveness to each other. God will give us as much grace as we're willing to give each other. We need to talk to God about every area of our life, our thoughts, everything. And so sometimes we have those hurt feelings. We have those hurts that are in our lives. And God says we have to bless those ones that hurt us. It says in Romans 12, 14, bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. This is medicine for us. When we forgive people and we start to bless them, that heals our heart. Forgiveness is the most self-loving thing that you can ever do for yourself. Forgiveness doesn't make them right it just sets you free. And that's what it's all about, getting that freedom. Asking for supernatural direction and protection. Don't lead us into temptation or deliver us from evil. It's kind of a, a bad interpretation because God doesn't really lead us into temptation, but he can certainly lead us out of it. And he can protect us from all power of the evil one. Zechariah 2.5.1 says, I will build a wall of fire around you and your grace in the middle. That's powerful, isn't it? Father, I pray that a fire, a wall of fire around my family, put your wing around us, protect us in every way. We're praying that trust the Lord for our protection. We know that this world is evil. We know it has a lot of bad things in it, but we believe that you're going to be with us. We pray your blessing overflow on us. Number six is acknowledgement of the divine right. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. And yours is the glory forever. Just to make it simple, we don't have a kingdom. We don't have power. And we don't have glory. But we can have God's 
kingdom. We can have his power and we can have his and give him the glory. So we just say, Father, yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power and yours is the glory. And I live for your kingdom by your power for your glory. And the last is amen. It doesn't mean goodbye. It just means let it be so. Let it be so. We can pray and still be worried, but we can say, God, I believe in you. Just as we sang a while ago, I believe in you, Lord. I believe you heard my prayers. I believe you love me. I believe you're going to answer me. So let it be so. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much that you love us so much. You want to know us and you want to be with us in an intimate way. Lord, we want that with you too. We want to open the door to you, invite you in to be with us. Father, teach us to pray. Teach us to love you more. We want more of you in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Just encourage all to, if you haven't ever given your life to the Lord or you just want a closer relationship with you, when the prayer team comes up, just come up and get prayed for. If you have any needs or if you want to be mentored or, or if you want to be discipled, just come forward and let us know.